Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DMVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and I just got back from CU's first scrimmage of the spring. Um, they've been practicing for two weeks now. Today capped off the second week, the sixth practice. Like I said, uh, first scrimmage. Um, it was uh, <laughs> the defense one. The defense one is the story. We're going to uh, get into some more of the details. I'm not allowed to like say the important things that happen. Um, okay. That's not true. There are, there are a bunch of different kinds of important things to happen. What I can't tell you about is the schematic type of stuff. You know, what sort of formations are they running? Those sorts of different things. Um, what I can say though, is that we've heard that there will be changes to this offense um, because, you know, for example, Carl Durrell said that there, he thought there should have been more motion in the offense last year. There was a little bit vanilla in terms of that sort of stuff. So we knew that there would be some changes. What I can say right now, though, is that although the defense did definitely win the practice, I like the changes. And the changes that I saw are changes that I like. And I'm sorry that I can't give you more details than that. Um, I will with the rest of the things we talk about. Um, but before we get into all that, though, seriously, I just want to say, um, we heard there'd be changes. I'm happy with what I saw. So there you go. Um, real quick, let's talk about the Colorado XOs, and then we'll dig into some of this stuff. So the Colorado XOs are a rugby team. They train at the Rugby Town National Training Facility out in Glendale at Infinity Park. Uh, that's also the home of the USA Eagles men's and women's 15s teams. So there you go. Uh, the idea is that the Raptors will take athletes from other sports, teach them how to play rugby, and then uh, hopefully you get them onto the U.S. national team. That's cool stuff. They're 3-1 and one in their first season, which is pretty crazy considering a lot of them have never played rugby before competitively. Um, and you can follow along with the Colorado XOs at uh, the DNVR website um, with uh, the DNVR Rugby podcast with the DNVR Rugby Twitter account. All right, so football. Um Bit of a weird day. Let's see. What details do you guys need to know? So there was kind of a last minute change today in terms of this scrimmage. And the change was basically cutting it down from the entire practice to kind of the tail end of practice. Um, media. So so the practices are, are scheduled for two hours. Media was supposed to be there from like four to six during the practice. Well, 
because of the changes, they let us in at five, but really the scrimmage didn't even start until later. Um, the reason why, Carl said, is that they just didn't have enough bodies. And, and that's not true. They had enough bodies to do a scrimmage. They didn't have enough bodies to have a scrimmage responsibly. Um, you know, they're shallow on the offensive line. They're shallow on the defensive line right now. And if you have one or two guys get banged up, well, then all of a sudden, what are you saying? Um, in, in Carl's words, he said, we don't want to have to cancel, cancel spring practice. Um, so that is kind of the big caveat to all this is that instead of getting a, a full-on scrimmage, it was 20 to 25 plays, and it was mostly red zone work. Um, for the most part, it was kind of on the other side of the field, so I didn't get a great angle on everything, but... Here are my big, big takeaways from today. Um, first of all, Jarek Broussard is really good. Um, really, really good. Um, you know, it's not like every single play he's just on fire. And again, remember, this offensive line has been pieced together. You have guys missing. Same thing on the defensive line. Uh, and so this isn't a good evaluation of where this offensive line is at, but the defensive line beat the offensive line today. And and after practice, Carl said, um, there's, it was the other weird thing about this because all the media is still over zoom. Not everybody, you know, they can't just send like the invite that they send to media calls. Um, they can't use that whole list on people to invite to the practice because they just don't have room. Um, and so because they wanted to get like, uh, all of the, other media who wasn't who weren't actually at the uh, practice on the call the call was a call and not just a conversation in person um and so all of us went down to our cars in the garage and called in it was it was it was it was fun it was funny um but when we were on that call carl said that he expects the defense to be better at this point and that's not new um he, he's said that at least one other time during camp I think more than that. Um, so there you go. Um, even though, again, like I said, the defense won today. Carl says that's to be expected. Take it all with a grain of salt, that kind of stuff. So so that is definitely not a bad thing. Getting back to Jarek, though. He is just so explosive and so strong and shifty and I mean you guys have seen him play football before it's not like we're reinventing the wheel and you know for the most part like I said he was on the other side of the field I can't tell you right now whether he's any faster because he's not wearing the brace anymore you know that's something that Carl has said is true that's something that Jarek has said in the past few weeks I can tell you he's definitely not slower he's certainly not slower and he very well could be faster he, to me, was definitely the bright spot. Um, another bright spot, though, and this is a fun one, Jaylee Stacks. Jaylee Stacks, the, uh, I guess, still true freshman, because last year doesn't count, uh, running back from Cherry Creek High School. Um, just a bowling ball. And Carl said, you know, he's a utility guy. Uh, he can go catch the ball. He can block for us. He can do a lot of different things. And... When he got the ball in his hands, he was running guys over. He was running guys over. And again, small sample size, but he did have one run that, uh, you know, it was probably what, 10 yards? 
12 yards up the sideline. Again, weird perspective when you're not elevated. Next next week's scrimmage is in Folsom. And so obviously up in the press box, you can see down and you have a much better perspective. Um, so in terms of like distances and that sort of thing, nah, you know, it's uh, it's a, it's the, about your best guess. And my best guess was that he probably picked up eight or nine yards after contact on that play. Um, outside of that, the other running backs, um, you know, I, I think Alex popped a nice run. Um, and I think that that was really the first, first good play for the offense. He provided a bit of a spark there. Um, I think that, you know, I like the way Ashad looks when he runs. Um, you know, when you get the ball into his hands and he has a chance to kind of go to work for himself, he can he can make some plays. Um, definitely somebody who, you know, honestly, I guess looking back, he, he touched the ball, what, seven times last season? I guess, I mean, out of the 20, 25 plays, he probably didn't touch the ball that many times today, but you got pretty close to matching the sample size that I have seen from him. Um, although obviously it's different. It's a scrimmage versus a different game, but it was kind of nice to see because I do think at this point I see him more as like a power type of runner. And that's not to say he's not fast. You know, that's what makes him so special is the combination of all the tools. Um, but ha having watched him today, I do think that that physicality, um, again, in a very small sample size, just a couple of touches. I, I think that you saw some positive things there in terms of other like winners on offense. It's, it's, I think that's a, that's about it. Um, again, I bet that if you go back and crunch the tape, you would find that one of those offensive linemen really held their own and, and did good work. But again, when you're watching it, field level it's kind of tough to get those sorts of takeaways from uh, you know from a scrimmage um anything else i mean i will say that my first thought when i got up there and just kind of like looked through the fence again i haven't i haven't watched a, a sport in person since since the world shut down i guess since uh the buffs basketball game in the pac-12 tournament against washington state that was the last time i saw sports in person and again this is a scrimmage, and so it doesn't really count. But my first thought when I got out there and peeked through that gate was, wow, they're so big. Like, you forget, like, oh, yeah, we talk about um, 6'3", 300 pounds, what that means. But then to actually see it, you're like, oh, yeah, these are some big dudes. Um, in particular, you know, actually the first person I saw who made me think that is look through Brendan Rice. You see him and it's like, oh yeah, I, for I had forgotten, which is weird because I feel like a year ago, that was 90% of what we talked about when we talked about Brendan Rice was me just saying like, wow, you know, he's fast and all that stuff, but go back and watch him as a freshman in high school. He's bigger than all the varsity guys. Uh, and, and you know, we've just so far removed from that. Those are some, those are some big guys, Keith Miller as well. Big guy, very big guy. Um, let's see. I'm gonna check my notes, make sure there's nothing else on this offense in terms of uh positives to get to. Um, oh, there was a great catch from Montana Lamonius Craig on the sideline. There was some pressure stuff going on. Um, I think it was JT who was in there, 
and he was able to find a guy on the edge. And again, I don't, it wasn't like a big gain or anything. Um, and the throw was like tough to catch, but that was more because of the pressure and there was congestion out there as well. But Montana went out there and kind of like got a hand on it, tipped it to himself, caught it, kept it in control. Like that, it was a very good play. Um, yeah. Oh, here's a fun one. Uh, Michael Harrison won a big time jump ball in the end zone. Michael Harrison is probably not a name that you've, well, if, if it might be a name you've heard, if it's, if it's a, if it's a name you've heard though, it's probably not, uh, the buffs wide receiver. Um, so Michael Harrison, six, three, one ninety freshman, um, good play props to him. Again, it's not like him making that catch is going to, uh, be the reason he's now the number one receiver, but you know what? It is. Uh, it's definitely good to see something to keep in the back of your mind because who knows? Maybe next Friday he does it again, and then you start wondering. Um, let's take a quick break right here. This is a good place for a break. Uh, wow! Last ads of the week. Hassle Cattle Company. Uh, we love their beef. We brought you damn good beer. Well, now we're bringing to you damn good beef. Hassle Cattle Company has some of the best beef that you can find anywhere in the country. It's Wagyu beef, which means that it's like the the really good kind of beef. That's the one where like the fat mixes in with the meat and people talk about marbling a lot. Um, personally, I feel like I, I just don't think I can pull that word off. Like if, if I talk about marbling, I think people would be like, who do, who do you think you are? Um, but what I can say is that it is very good beef and you guys should definitely check it out. Um, they ship all over the United States. Uh, they have all sorts of different products from, uh, smoked sausage, New York strip, beef, bacon, uh, Wagyu Frank, um, without any fillers. They have a couple different jerky flavors, their hamburger, one food networks, Northeast burger jam, so much good stuff. And, uh, they do not use any antibiotics, any hormones, anything like that. Um, it's, it's, Really good stuff. So head to HassleCattleCompany.com. It's H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com. And use the promo code DNVR10 when you sign, or not when you sign up, when you uh, check out for 10% off your order. Uh, it's, it's a great deal. It seriously is good stuff. All sorts of people order from them. A bunch of NFL guys order from them. Um, the, the, it must have been the entire country of Peru that needed 15,000 pounds of meat. And so count all of the Peruvians. Um, yeah. Oh, they have Hassle Cattle Meat Sticks, original sweet and spicy and jalapeno cheese. Those sound incredible as well. So much good stuff. Definitely go check that out. Also, basketball teams are entering the final month of the regular season as they gear up for the playoffs. While some teams are locks to make the playoffs, others are still fighting for their opportunity to chase the trophy this summer. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action with a chance to earn, oh no, to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. Um, that's 100 to 1 odds on the team of your choosing to hit a 3. They don't even need to win. Um... Wow, that is a great deal. Just to hit every basketball team hits a three. This is basically a free, not free $100, free $99. Um, so download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up and turn 
$1 into $100 in free bets if the basketball team of your choosing hits a three. That's code DMVR to turn $1 into $100 in free bets for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Defensively, uh, there are some notes as well. Um, I think that Carson Wells got in there on a sack. Um, Nigel Bethel had an interception. Uh, he intercepted Brendan Lewis. Um, he, according to Carl Durrell, gets an interception basically every practice. And actually, I'm pretty sure that happened in the game too. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull that up because I'm pretty sure when we were running through those stats. But the point is, the ball always finds him, is what Carl Durrell said. You know, the way he said it wasn't necessarily like, like he didn't say, Nigel Bethel's out there jumping routes all the time. It's like, no, the ball just kind of finds him. Whether it gets like tipped around, whether it's like an overthrow, whether it's an under, like the ball finds the man. And to me, you know, there's some luck to that. Think back to Mikhail Onu. Think back to Mikhail Onu. Um, his season, his lone season at Colorado, he forced something like like five turnovers, six turnovers in the first four games or something like that. Um, there were picks, there were forced fumbles, and absolutely there's some luck involved in that. You know, if you're a defensive player, the offense can just say, like, you are not making a play. Like, you are absolutely reliant on the offense. You know, if you have, like, a... You have, say, Stephon Gilmore out there playing wide receiver... If you're an off or playing cornerback, sorry. If you're an offensive coordinator, you can just say, you know what? He's not beating us today. We are throwing to the other side of the field. Um, so there is some of that, but the truth is the things went well for Mikhail Onu. The the ball went to him because he was in the position to be where the ball was going. Whether that was the right position or whether that just happened to be where his instincts brought him doesn't really matter. He got the ball a lot and he knocked the ball out of guys' hands a lot. Nigel Bethel, sounds like this sort of thing happens to him as well. I don't, I don't know. It's, I like it. I, I, I don't know. Again, like if he's constantly like in the wrong position in practice and like, who do you take off the field? It's probably not Christian Gonzalez. It's probably not Makai Blackman. And so you run into those sorts of troubles. Um, but I, I think that if Nigel Bethel is on the field, I'm going to be very excited about that. Um, I, I just don't know how exactly that happens though. Um, what else do we have in here? Again, just a good day for the run defense. Um, just a good day. They plugged everything up. Um, I think that that front seven in general and Matt Lynch, we talked to Matt Lynch afterward. He talked about a little bit too saying, you know, those guys, um, the, he's like the five technique, seven technique, the nine, all those guys, which is basically like your, your defensive tackle end, um, and like edge rusher, they do so many different things and they do it so fast. And that's what makes it so hard to, to defend them as an offensive line because they're so explosive and you don't really know exactly what they're going to be doing. He says, it makes you think fast. Um, and I think that we saw the the effects of that on the practice field today. Another note on the offense, I just realized I forgot to say this, um, but Drew Carter, the quarterback, the, the true freshman, he wasn't in for the scrimmage today. Uh, Carl was asked why, and Carl said, 
just imagine if we had thrown Brendan out there in this situation last year. It's the same thing. Like, he just isn't quite ready to be the trigger guy, you know, to, to pull the trigger. Um, and so for him to be out there, like, running the show and making decisions and, like, all that kind of stuff, you know, it's, it's just not putting him in a situation to succeed. He did say, though, in the, in the bigger scrimmage next Friday that we will see him out there and that they're going to find some things for him to do. Um, so that's good to hear. Not a huge surprise. I think we'd heard enough positive things about Drew to this point to maybe be a little bit disappointed that he isn't ready to to take at least like, you know, three, four, five of the 25 plays. But at the same time, you know, do you really want to split 20 to 25 plays a fourth way? And especially not if you don't think that he's capable of that, which to be honest, he probably shouldn't be. But because, you know, we've been pretty excited by what we've heard. There was a reason to be a little disappointed, I guess. Um, on top of that, something else that I just thought was really surprising. Um, he was the scout team quarterback last year. That wasn't the surprising thing. Um, the surprising thing was that he was named the offensive scout of the game for the air force week. Now, think about Air Force. What is notable about Air Force? They run the triple option. Um, and so for your uh, for Grant Cicerone to be this offensive scout of the week, for that week in particular, when you're going up against a quarterback who is purely a runner, I mean, he probably threw five passes that game. I don't know. I just thought that that was kind of funny. Um... Back to the notes from the scrimmage, though, and back to this defense in particular. Ray Robinson um, picked off a pass today. It was kind of tipped. Um, and Ray has played some different positions. And Carl talked about this after the uh, scrimmage. But he's played linebacker. I think his entire freshman year, he played linebacker. Played linebacker again last year. And then... Um, According to Carl Durrell today, he has found a home at safety, is at least what he thinks. Again, still early, still don't know, but he had a very good practice. I think Carl said that he made a couple of plays in the secondary, more just like positionally, that made uh, the quarterbacks make some errant throws. There was also, I mean, one in particular where, you know, he was just kind of like, running across the middle, read the play the same time the quarterback did, made a break on the ball, and I think it was Brendan Lewis playing quarterback, just knocked it away. It was it was a, a good play. He was everywhere. Um, good stuff there. Uh, on top of that, Tyron Taylor, who, when was that? I think it was Tuesday. We were talking about which freshman could, um, could, you know, crack into the rotation, get some real playing time, or maybe even start this year. You know, I don't think Tyron Taylor has a path to start, you know, the, the cornerback, uh, but he he did have his name brought up today unprompted by Carl Durrell, giving him props. Hey, maybe there's a little something there too. Um, Marvin Ham, another young guy. Uh, he also made a, a nice play batting a ball away over the middle. I don't think he had an interception but but that's another one where Carl said yeah it was good stuff and I think that that was kind of 
maybe the theme today. And I guess when you have some of your most important players, including your very most important player, Nate Lamon, not out there, there are going to be opportunities for young guys. And for the most part, those young guys stepped up. Um, thought I saw some nice stuff from Josh Gustav. Uh, again, like, it, <laughs> you know, it wasn't the perfect angle to, to see everything. Um, who else did things? Uh, we got Ray Robinson in there. Um, Alvin Williams made some plays. Um, without giving away <laughs> too much. Um, yeah, uh, I think the, there was a, a nice pressure up the middle. I think Carl actually spoke about that himself um, and some other stuff. And those were those were the big takeaways defensively were mostly those young guys making some plays out there off the top of my head i can't think of much else again though general takeaway the the defense won the defense won um carl as he said a couple times throughout camp um said that that is to be expected at this point and that the defense should be coming along a little bit quicker than the offense um before we get out of here though i do have some more notes to get to uh, talking to Matt Lynch, he's excited to have another year. Um, he's excited uh, because he feels like he's finally getting to understand the position. I think he said like during last season it started to click, and now it's starting to click more. He says now he has a tight end brain, um, but he thinks like a quarterback. So that uh, that seems like a good 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 combination for a tight end, right? Like the tight end brain, quarter thinks like quarterback. Sure. Um, we also talked to John Van Deese today, uh, which was fun. First time we've heard from either of those guys during camp. Uh, John has been doing some speed training. Uh, it's stuff to make him a little bit faster. Uh, he said that he goes back and watches some tape and says, like, I, I, that is something I want to improve upon. Um, he's talked a little bit about the ankle injuries he's gone through. Um, and I, honestly, I'd forgot because it feels like those ankle injuries were, you know, I mean, so long ago. I think that he was battling those toward, I guess it was most of the 2019 season, but we start hearing about them early 2019. But yeah, uh, he says that he, he feels like it's making an impact. Um, and on top of that, you know, we heard him talk about the difference. I think the question he was asked was, you know, is it kind of like a, almost a good thing in a way? To, to have Nate on the sidelines so that some other guys can get in there and first of all, just like get more reps at those spots, but also get Nate's reps, you know, being out there, being the one who's lining everybody up, who's calling the plays, doing those sorts of things. And again, that's the kind of stuff that John Van Deest is good at. Um, the, the he's assignment sound, he knows his job, he does his job. And, you know, with Nate leaving, um, after this year, unless, you know, knock on wood, there's another pandemic. Um, you're going to be left in a situation where somebody needs to step into that role. Um, and it could be, let's see, Robert Barnes will still be around. Um, you know, Quinn Perry, Marvin Ham, that whole group. And it's going to be a big competition that year for two spots, whereas right now it's for one spot next to Nate. But that other spot is 
in my opinion, just as much mental as it is physical. Um, you know, you have to be able to make all the checks. And again, we heard that things are easier. We heard that from John today as well, um, that he feels like because of the new defensive systems, even though they are going through the change and the transition, and there's obviously, you know, that, that's not the easiest thing in the world to do. He says that it does feel like the defense is a lot simpler. Everybody's playing faster and that's not news. We've heard that from um, a bunch of, a bunch of people, but it's good to keep hearing it for sure. Um, I think that that was the big stuff from today, but I'm sure that as soon as we stop recording, I'm going to have a thought. Um, but yeah, uh, good to hear from Matt Lynch. Really good to hear from John Van Deese. Um, started off, started off actually by saying that his hair is better than Brady Russell's hair. That's a, that's that's it's a it's a close competition. I'll give him that, but I still think Brady just edges him out. Um, we'll see. I mean, it's tough when you don't see him next to each other. Brady's hair is really going. And the other thing is, you know, I got to see Brady's hair in person today, whereas John's was like post practice, so like sweaty and all that stuff, and over the Zoom call while I'm sitting in my car. So uh, I don't know. I think that uh, we'll we'll have to keep circling back to this because it's a big question. It's a big question. I think that's going to do it for today. Um, again, Jarek Broussard looks good. Uh, Carson Wells, we didn't talk about him, but he was in the backfield. Um, the, the young defenders, a bunch of them made some plays today and there's a lot to be excited about. And I think that there's, especially when you think about Jarek Broussard and the fact that that wasn't even like their starting offensive line. You know, they're, they're missing some pieces out there. And so just, just good signs, good signs, good first scrimmage. And there's going to be another one next week. Uh, we are through six of the 15 practices now. So 40% pretty crazy. Uh, I will be back on Monday with another podcast. Uh, that'll be after practice. I'm not sure who we're talking to. Um, actually I'll pull that up real quick because I'm really curious. I thought that it would be faster. I go back to this email so many times. There we go. Um, Carl Durrell first, and then we'll hear from Brendan Rice and Makai Blackman. That's going to be fun. Um, on Wednesday, we'll hear from Danny Langsdorf, the uh, quarterback's coach. We'll hear from Demetrius Martin, the cornerback's coach. And then we'll hear from Brendan Lewis. So that one will be fun too. Um, really fun. Brendan and Mackay on Monday, though. Look forward to that, and I will see you guys then. I think they like my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway. My Colorado sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway. My Colorado sway. Might not sway, I think. Swag. My Colorado swag yeah. is pushing 180. Competence and see you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging as the crowd do the wave. Look into my eyes.
realize I can tell that you afraid uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit ya Hit ya, hit ya, hit ya. Hey, hey. You on your own now Why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle yeah. And we ain't playing with ya You can get it anytime yeah. It started at the scrimmage We gon' win it at the line yeah. My Colorado swag in the middle of the ring Throwing blows, knocking down team after I team they like my Colorado swag Cause when I'm in that play Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, man, I swear I think they like my Colorado swag.